Hello out there, we're on the air, it's hockey night tonight. Tension grows, the whistle blows, and the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps and the players bump and the fans all go insane. Someone roars, Bobby scores at the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. Important player. He has points now in five of his last seven games. Long hit ahead pass for Kucherov. He centers one for Stamkos, and a brilliant stagger, then a score! Stamkos, as Tampa Bay comes right back to take a 2-1 to lead. All right, welcome to Vegas Hockey Hotline. I'm Dana Lane, along with six-time Nevada Sports Writer of the Year, Steve Kark. Krista Moose Johnson at the control. We welcome you to the Brian Blessing Studio, brought to you by Station Casinos and the STN app. If you've been watching the Stanley Cup Final, there is no doubt that you have seen ads for the Three Ice Hockey uh, Tournament coming this weekend to the Orleans Arena. Let's welcome in Commissioner of that tournament, Craig Patrick. And uh, Craig, we we've seen ads, and uh, and I've had people ask what this is and i've given them my best uh, assessment based on uh, looking at it but tell everybody where the three ice was born and the concept behind it it's very interesting yeah well when the nhl started the three on three overtime uh a lot of the nhl teams when they're evaluating their rookie camps at uh, the rookie camps they they had uh three on three tournaments with the, all their rookies, no name guys, that, you know, just mm-hmm. just starting their careers, and our the founder of Three Ice uh, went to a Devils rookie camp and then a Penguins rookie camp, and was amazed at how excited the fans were. He said, "All everyone was sitting on the edge of the seat watching this three-on-three tournament," and so and he's his background is marketing and TV. He used to do a lot of TV out in Hollywood, so he understands it. The marketing part of it and the TV part of it, and he said this would be great for TV. So that was about four years ago, and he started putting a team together, off ice team, to uh, to develop develop this three on three league. And <clears throat> what it is, it's based on the three on three overtime, but we manipulated some of the rules to make it a little bit different. Uh, we're playing two halves. Uh, and there's only two face-offs in the game, one to start each half. After that, it's nothing but action. It's back and forth, uh, flow, and lots of scoring chances. The goalies are amazing, the saves they've got to make. Um, but it's exciting. It's really exciting. And uh, one of the, a couple of things we have is that if the puck goes out of play in the, in the uh, netting behind the end zones and comes back into play, it's in play. It's, it's, there's no stoppage of play. This is fantastic. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and and there's um, what, there's there's no fighting, no hitting, but if, if there's a penalty, it's a penalty shot, and the penalty shot is the guy that's going to take the penalty shot gets a a little bit of a head start, and the other fi- it, the other five skaters chase him down, so he's got to make a good play on that <laughs> score. Hopefully, if he doesn't score, the puck's in play. The play keeps on going. So what happens uh, if there's a goal scored? Then how do you start up play again? Yeah, we, we restart by putting the referee takes the puck, puts it in the goalie crease, 
And as soon as the the one, it's probably going to take ten seconds for the the opposition to clear the clear. Uh, we have a zone that you have to clear, and and then the referee blows the whistle, whistle and the and the goaltender starts to play again. Mm-hmm. Well, and, well uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. Go go ahead. Finish your thought. So there's one more thing. There's one more thing that's different than the NHL as well. Um, once you enter the offensive zone, you can't take it back to your defensive zone. Mm. In other words, once you cross the blue line, you can't take it back past the red line. Right. Uh, so, so you see in the NHL, they'll, they'll throw it back to the goalie and get a change and take their time because because NHL is based on control, puck control. Right. And and when the NHL first started the overtime, they they didn't realize that puck control was so important in their game. So it was it was kind of like what we're going to be doing now. It's just nothing but action. Back then, now it's more puck puck control, uh, puck possession type of game, and they're three on three. Ours isn't like that at all. Mm-hmm. We're uh, we're just nothing but fast, skilled, skillful action. I you know I'm looking at the roster of players, and I'm going to be honest with you. I I you know I'm a pretty hardcore hockey guy. Uh, a lot of these guys' names I do not recognize. Um, that doesn't mean they're not good players. How did you uh, get these guys through your draft? And, and more importantly, I'm curious, how did you line up these coaches? Yeah, we know the coaches. We, the coaches we yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> the players, not so much. Tell me about how you you went about getting these guys together and, and putting them on teams in, in your draft. Yeah, well, well, I, re- I, re- well I recruited the coaches. Mm-hmm. And I, I I know them all pretty well. I know what kind of people they are. I know what kind of hockey people they are. They're very very astute hockey guys. Uh, they I don't know how many Stanley Cups they won as a group, but lots. Well, I know one guy's got and, four. Yeah. No, he's got six actually. Mister Trottier. Seven. Seven. I'm he's sorry. Actually, That's right. Seven. seven. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, go but, ahead. Uh, Come on. Anyway. Steve. Yeah, the I players, should know my favorite player. <laughs> the, the players um, were we 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 looked all over for players, NHL, Europe, uh, kids coming out of college that you know, we feel mm-hmm. are skilled and can perform at at high speeds, and we actually signed 125 contracts, mm-hmm. and we we drafted, we had our tryouts in Vegas, which was awesome. In, at the Orleans Arena, we really had a great time. I can't wait to get back there. I'm, I'm getting back there Friday, so and I know it's hot there, but it's not going to be hot in the rink. So, mm-hmm. but uh, we had a wonderful time, and I went out there with high expectations and, and what I thought the product was going to be like, and it ex- exceeded my expectations. I was thrilled when I when I saw after after watching two tour stuffs as we call them. We did one in the morning, one in the afternoon. After watching those two, I, I, I left Vegas with a, just astounded at how how well it went. And yeah. I can't wait to see the, can't wait to stop drop the puck on Saturday. Yeah. And talk about the goaltenders. I mean, it was probably very easy to recruit forwards, but then when you <laughs> sat in front of a goaltender who may or may not still want to get noticed and. He say, "Hey, look, we we got this con this this concept where you're absolutely going to get peppered and look horrible, uh, but we'd like you to join us." How how did that conversation go down? Well, you know, goalies are pretty confident, 
and I, I don't. I think they're looking forward to the challenge. Every one of them, and and they, they all enjoyed the tryouts. The guys that mm-hmm. came to tryout, uh, all enjoyed it, uh, and uh, you know, I, it, they're 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 competitive guys, and they like a challenge, and they, they're willing to do this to prove themselves for sure. If they had this format when you were a member of the Los Angeles Hector Hawks, would you have? <laughs> would you have? Uh, would you have uh, gone ahead and given it a whirl? And by the way, who the hell were the Los Angeles <laughs> Hector Hawks? I don't know. That's a that's a misprint. I never played with them. I don't know who they are. So. Okay, because I was looking at your Wikipedia page. Yeah, and... yeah, it is. In the, I saw that. You I, know, you can I edit that. You you can go in there and um, just write Bruins. <laughs> now you did play for the Seals though, because I remember watching you. Yeah. What the hell was yeah, it like wearing those horrible white skates? Bert Marshall they told were. me a story that they kept painting and painting and painting the guy's skates, and by the time the season was almost over, their skates weighed about thirty pounds from all the you know the paint. What do you recall they, they, about they your get, time with the Seals? Well, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I didn't mind the white skates, but they did get heavier every day. They did. But it, but everybody in the league was wearing painted skates back then. St. Louis Blues had blue and gold. Uh, we started with uh, green and gold, but then went right. to white and green. But uh, everyone had, so they all had the sa- same issue. The skates got heavier every game. So. so transition hockey was not the same in the postseason. <laughs> no. 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 Definitely not. Thought that was yeah. funnier. Never mind. That is funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Hey, hey, Craig. Let me let me ask you about the cities you're going to have hosting. You know, Vegas on right. Saturday. Vegas will also host the championship on on the twentieth of August. But right. Pittsburgh, obviously, you know, you're close to. I believe that you still live there, right? Yes, I still live in Pittsburgh. Okay, yeah. you got Denver. You've got Nashville, but you're also going to be in places like Hershey, Pennsylvania. Grand Rapids, Michigan, London, Ontario, and and Quebec City, which to me makes sense uh, because the Videotron Center is a beautiful building, and and you should do very well there. How did you come about selecting these cities as sites for uh, Three Ice? Um, I wasn't part of that process, but uh, from what I understand, we feel we need... In, in the smaller markets, we feel they're all like 10,000 seat arenas, mm-hmm. even London, Ontario. So, so we figure those buildings will be full. Mm-hmm. And and Denver's a good market. Yeah, I mean, Vegas is a great market. Pittsburgh and Nashville are great markets. Quebec City is a great market for hockey. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's, I, I'm I'm happy with the, the, the schedule we have. I'm really happy. And then it'll it probably it'll change from year to year, but right now this is what we got, and I'm excited about it. And, it. and it changes from market to market too, right? I mean, you start off here playing a, a bracket. It's like a round-robin tournament, but it's played in various cities until it culminates in Las Vegas. Do you know how you – I mean, it, clearly Las Vegas is the, the centerpiece of the cities that you're going to be in because you started here and you have the championships here. I mean, do you know right. how Las Vegas became, hey, look, we need to do this in Vegas? Um, again, I'm not, I wasn't part of that process, but I think it's a great idea. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't. I, w- I don't. Couldn't think of a better place to start our inaugural season and finish our inaugural season with a championship. Um, 
I'm, I'm, I think it's just a great, great, great environment to be in. Couldn't agree more. And we, we, <laughs> we were there for five days for our tryouts. I loved every second of it. Did, did the Golden Knights have any input at all with you guys? Did you seek their input at all on any of this stuff? Uh, not, not, no, but they've been very helpful. They've in been very way? helpful in a, lot of, in, in a lot of ways, like helping us with uh, getting to know people in the market in terms of youth hockey uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and groups to, to sell tickets to and be, be, get to know pretty well. Right. Uh, and those are the things I don't do, but I know mm-hmm. from hearing in our, our meetings how helpful they've mm-hmm. been for us. Yeah. Um, for Saturday's game, I saw ticket prices were from $40 to about $53, $55. Is there a promo code, though, people could use to get a break on, on ticket prices for Saturday in Vegas? Uh, there probably is, but, that, again, that's you're, you're talking to the wrong guy because I don't know that stuff. Ah, okay. <laughs> I thought maybe uh, maybe you were. I shared that with me. <laughs> well, you're the commissioner. I mean, well, that's you've got a lot of things going on. You know, you don't have to. You don't have yeah. time for that stuff. I mean, obviously, this is a big time event, and you can also. I was looking on the website. You can see it on CBS, on ESPN, TSN. I mean, what was the responses from the networks, uh, if you know, you know, to this tournament? And the omission to all that is why was the NHL network not uh, involved or approached, if you know? I think we I think we talked to them, um, but we're, when we drop the puck on Saturday, we'll be in 185 countries. Hmm. We'll be in the U.S. We'll be in the U.S. on CBS Sports, and our championship will be on CBS Prime. Um, uh, then we're in uh, TSN, RDS in Canada, the French station in TSN. Then ESPN International is carrying us 183 countries. So. They must like what they've seen so far. Yeah, and and a friend of ours, Dick Isbondi, who we knew from his time with the Vegas right. Golden Knights, will be as part of your broadcast. Oh, no, that's great. And Steve Mears, yeah. who I remember when he was a Islanders broadcaster, and of course I remember Bob Airy, who played uh, right. and uh, was on the Penguins broadcast team for a while. So you've got it's a good it. group of it's hockey voices to sell this thing and 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 call it. Uh, what went into uh, Pick those guys. I'm sure you had a lot of people interested in being your uh, voice of uh, Three Ice. Well, yeah, we did. But we're our founders from Pittsburgh. Grew up in Pittsburgh. It's um, you know Eddie Johnson, the goalie that played. Of course, I remember him well. Yeah, and Eddie and I have been teammates. We've coached against each other. We managed against each other, and we were we were we're still together with the Penguins today. Uh, mm-hmm. in, in different capacities, but we've known each other for 45 years. His son, EJ, is the one that okay. got this all going four years ago. Mm. And uh, it's he, he's from Pittsburgh. We're here. We know uh, Mirzi and Bob Erie. And, uh, and actually, Mike Rizzioni put us on to Nick. Nick so yeah. it was uh, it just it just felt... It, together really well good you know i i wasn't going to bring it up but since you brought a name up um 
It's been what forty-two years now since uh, the Miracle yes. on Ice. Um, yes, I actually know somebody who was on that staff. I actually played for him one summer, and that's Louis Vero from Brooklyn. Oh, sure. That's where I grew up. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. You know, what what goes through your mind years, years, years later when you look back on that whole experience and and how it helped uh, you with your hockey career and how it helped oh, hockey yeah. in America? Yeah, it definitely helped. Uh, if you talk to the next generation of players that came up after after that, they, they mm-hmm. all say that that got them inspired. And I can say this: in 1961, when uh, the U.S. won in, in Squaw Valley, yes. I was I was 14 years old, and that inspired me to get my my butt going because I wanted to play hockey at that point from that point on. So I can see how that happens. And uh, if you ask the guys that the next generation. That played after the 80 Olympics. I'll tell you the same thing that that really gave him a kickstart. You know what's interesting though? You come from a, a, a legendary, almost royalty, in terms of a hockey family with your grandfather Lester and, and your dad. And I mean, you didn't want to play hockey from the time you, you learned how to crawl. Yeah, I, I was on the ice when I was two and a half at Madison Square Garden. There you but, go. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, I, yeah, sure. I was determined to be a hockey player, but when when the gold medal happened at sixty, that just got me going even more. So, yeah. that's, and, then, that's what it was like. and of course, the goalie for that team, Jack McCartan, would play for the Rangers. So, right. um, you know, there's that tie and everything. It's uh, it's amazing how things kind of inter- intersect with each other in this sport. It's such a close knit yeah. sport. And and yeah. stuff, Craig. You know, back to three ice real quick, if I may. Sure. You've you've got a lot of things going here that I think make it interesting. I, I do like all the rules. I, I especially like that the goalie can play the puck anywhere on the ice. There's no yeah. trapezoid involved here, right. and and I just wonder if maybe that kind of adds a different element, along with the fact that you can't take the puck back out of the. The other team's end, you know, once you have possession, you got to stay with it. got to stay. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, how do you think that will impact the way this is played with the goaltenders? Well, oh, I think it's great. I mean, uh, Grant Fear was in the discussions about what we do with allowing goaltenders. So let them have a breakaway. <laughs> bring them in for a power play. Yeah. So, <laughs> have them bring them up the ice. I mean, while we're at it. So anyway, so if people want to go Saturday, they can go to Ticketmaster.com and or go to the Orleans Arena's website and uh, and buy their tickets there, correct? That's correct, yeah. All right, well, listen, I hope to be out there Saturday and say hi to you. We appreciate you. I look you. forward to seeing you guys. Yeah, we appreciate you coming on this morning and, and talking uh, hockey. Who's your pick for the final? <laughs> Who do you like, Tampa or De- uh, Colorado? Well, my daughter works for the ambulance, so I don't think I have a choice. Okay. <laughs> As it is. All right. Well, Craig, we appreciate you, you coming on, and we wish you nothing but the best with this tournament. Uh, we're honored to have this tournament start here and end in Las Vegas, and I wish you all the best, and I'm sure you're going to get a pretty good crowd out there on Saturday. We're looking forward to it. Can't wait to drop the puck. Great. All right, there Thank he goes. You, Craig. Craig Patrick, commissioner of Three Ice, the Three Ice Tournament that's coming to the Orleans this week. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, uh, Anthony Vigneri Greener, head coach for the UNLV Skate and Rebels, will join us.
STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and up to a $100 new sign-up bonus. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards for every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to StationCasinoSports.com or sign up at any Station Casino or Wildfire. Complete details available at all sportsbooks. Oasis Bar and Grill at 4955 South Decatur near the corner of Trop has been totally renovated. It features incredible food with a kitchen that's open 24-7. Gaming promotions every month. There are cashback drawings for loyal players. The banquet room is spacious and a great venue for any type of function. Sports fans won't miss any of the action with HDTVs throughout the property. Oasis is a great place to meet and make new friends. The staff is fun and engaging. Get in on the fun with great food, great drink, and gaming promotions at Oasis Bar and Grill, 4955 South Dakota. Experience the thrill of the grill. John Smith Subs is home of the famous Steak Bomb and other premium deli subs with grilled-to-order marinated sirloin steak, grilled chicken, farm-fresh veggies, and delicious bread baked daily. Our subs are making a name for themselves with quality and flavor. Add an order of piping hot french fries and you have a meal you can't get anyplace else. Experience the thrill of the grill at John Smith Subs. Visit johnsmithsubs.com to find a location near you. Hey, Golden Knights fans, I'm attorney Adam Kuttner. I'm proud to be an official partner of the Vegas Golden Knights. We're giving you the chance to play at home along with the Golden Knights to win home game tickets through our power play giveaway. Each time the Golden Knights are on a power play, we'll pick one of my Twitter followers who tags me on Twitter with the hashtag Adam Kuttner power play. And when the Golden Knights score, that lucky fan wins tickets to the Fortress. So make sure to follow me on Twitter. Go Knights, go! Calling all Vegas Golden Knights superfans for the Terribles Game Day Giveaway. During all of Vegas Golden Knights home games, visit any participating Terribles location, make a qualifying purchase, get a scratch card, enter on the Terribles app, and you could win a $1,000 Golden Knights shopping spree! Best yet, one lucky customer will win this prize every day the Vegas Golden Knights have a home game. Terribles Game Day Giveaway. It's only at Terribles. Visit Terribles.com for more details. Oasis Bar and Grill at 4955 South Decatur near the corner of Trop has been totally renovated. It features incredible food with a kitchen that's open 24-7. Gaming promotions every month. There are cashback drawings for loyal players. The banquet room is spacious and a great venue for any type of function. Sports fans won't miss any of the action with HDTVs throughout the property. Oasis is a great place to meet and make new friends. The staff is fun and engaging. Get in on the fun with great food, great drink, and gaming promotions at Oasis Bar and Grill, 4955 South Decatur. STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and up to a $100 new sign-up bonus. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards for every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to StationCasinoSports.com or sign up at any station casino or wildfire complete details available at all sports books Welcome back to Vegas Hockey Hotline, powered by Station Casinos and the STN app from the Brian Blessing Studio. I'm Dana Lane, along with Steve Carp, Chris Johnson. 
Chris, I knew there was going to be a, a point in this song. I, I knew there was going to be a vocal at some point that I didn't yep. want to talk over. So <laughs> who is this? This is um, Rivers Cuomo from Weezer. Um, oh, okay. I was made for you is his song name. This is one of his solo. Um, it's one of his solo records. Not to be. This is not Iron Maiden. No, no. <laughs> That's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's welcome in a man that I've had the pleasure to work with for about six years now. I guess maybe seven years. Um, that man has taken UNLV the UNLV hockey program along the path of division one hockey which i guess has always been the ultimate goal for everybody involved in the mm-hmm. program let's welcome in unlv hockey head coach anthony Vigneri greener and anthony you told me this morning that you're with the kids today you have two beautiful daughters how is parenting treating you and how do you balance that in hockey well life is good uh, they're pretty easy they're uh, two good kids um, so we just had our daughter's second birthday party yesterday. So it's always good to get to spend time with them in the summer and uh, take care of my my stuff uh, throughout the hockey year and then spend some time with them in the summer. But now I would imagine, I mean, you don't have all that time to just be focused on hockey. I mean, how do you, I, I mean, in your mind, you have to have some sort of uh, uh, restructuring of your time, I would imagine. You know, uh, I think it's a, you got to find a balance um, just uh, between hockey and um, the girls and family and whatnot. But right now it's pretty easy, you know, get all my stuff done in the morning or emails and whatnot and then get to hang out with them for the rest of the day, which is always good. Yeah, awesome. Well, hey, look, before we get to the big news of the offseason, we should just remind everyone, of course, that UNLV made it to the ACHA Final Four last season uh, before losing to Central Oklahoma. I mean, you've had some time now to process that whole uh, tournament. I mean, what – which, by the way, is the farthest this, this – orga- uh, yeah, this team has ever gone. So you should be patting on the back for that. But when you look back uh, at this point – with, with some time gone, when you look back and say, okay, this is what we needed there that we didn't have, what what is that specifically? I, I think we were just a young team. Um, we kind of – you can use Tampa Bay as a reference. Uh, they never get, they never hit the panic button. If they're down two goals, if they're down two games in a series, if they're down late in the game, they never panic. And I, I think that uh, we uh, – for the first time all year in that late in that tournament, we started to panic when they uh, tied it up early in the um, third period, and I think um, that just comes with like veteran leadership. Not taking anything away from the, our guys that were <clears throat> our core group of guys, but um, you know, the two years prior, we were robbed of going just you know to the national tournament. So I essentially had um, you know 20 of the 28 guys on my roster that never been to the tournament before. So I think uh, just, you know, maturity and not hitting that panic button. But now I think with uh, the experience we gained this year, with the guys we have returning and with the guys that are coming in, uh, we can make a really good far run. And then for you personally, I mean, we always want to talk about players from year to year and how they mature. But, I mean, we've talked about this before. I mean, there has been a definitive maturity uh, from you on the bench from year one to now. Did you find yourself going another level because of that experience? I think that's, um, you know, you're just just like a player. You're gaining experience and uh, knowledge throughout the years and Mm -hmm. um, just throughout the tournament kind of settling in 
just talking to the rest of the coaching staff of what our message is going to be. Um, coaching is, you know, uh, it's the same message, just reiterated in different ways kind of thing. You know, we have the same goal. Every coach, coach wants to win. You want to compete every day. It's just how you portray it and uh, what your message is and how your group responds to certain ways that uh, you bring the message to the table. So I think over time, you know, we get more comfortable going. You know, we're, we're in a close game and, uh, some of the parents were talking. We were, oh, I was so nervous in that Pittsburgh game. You know, I, I wasn't stressed at all. It was one nothing. They were winning in the first period. And there was not a doubt in my mind that we weren't going to win that game. You know, So hmm. I go into that with that mindset. I think that comes with just maturity and being behind the bench for the seven years. Hey, Anthony, it's Steve. How are you? It's been a while since we talked. Hope you're doing well. Um, yeah. question, Thank you. Same to you. Question for you as far as trying to – Take this program to the next step, which is varsity status. Have have you and Nick or anybody had some dialogue yet with Eric Harper, the the current AD, and and to feel him out as to where his thoughts are about trying to help you guys get to where you want to ultimately go, and that's uh, you know Division One varsity NCAA. Yeah, I think uh, Harp uh, is in a good spot. I think that not taking away anything from our other ADs, but uh, Harp is here for the long haul. He kind of has a vision and he wants to run with mm-hmm. it. Where our previous AD, you know, she was kind of maybe just using this as a stepping stone. Yep. So um, that's one good thing in our pocket with Harp. Um, he was out towards the end of the season to a couple of our games and, you know, acknowledged what we're bringing to the table every single night with how many people we're getting in that building, you know, 500 to 1,000 people in the fan base that we have. Um, one of our big donors is buddies with him, so it's always good to uh, have him talk to him. But yeah, we're just taking baby steps. You know, my message to everybody is, uh, you know, like I want to win at this level right now. There's a lot right. of talented hockey players in this league, and then whatever happens, uh, happens. But I, I think Vegas is built on winners. So if we win a national championship here, it only betters our odds to make the next jump. Yeah, I mean that that is a logical next step. And, and but it's never too early to plan ahead, and I'm just thinking there's nice options available for UNLV hockey going forward to reaching this ultimate goal. I'm thinking first of all, if they want to put ice back in Thomas and Mac, you've got an on-campus rink. If that's not available, the Dollar Loan Center needs events, and I know Bill Foley's been very generous in giving UNLV hockey a home at City National for practice and for home games, but Dollar Loan Center, to me, would be a really good spot for Rebel Hockey in the future. Do you agree? Yeah, no, I agree. We, uh, Yeah, I agree. We've uh, had conversations. We're actually uh, in talks of getting uh, at least two to four games at Dollar Center there next year. Nice. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's just, uh, we're basically just waiting for the Silver Knight schedule to come out, and then, you know, they're going to get pick of the litter, obviously, and then Hopefully something matches up with our schedule where they have an opening. And, uh, yeah, so I, I think that that building, um, you know, being 6,000 feet or fans, excuse me, uh, is a great option. I would love for down the road where they build another rink and um, they kind of just build like a 2,500-seat horseshoe arena. Mm-hmm. I think that fits NCA perfect for the future jump, even for us now. You know, like I think we could – 
we can get 2,000 people in the building if we had an option like that. Um, it's just seats are limited yeah. at City National. and um, But I think, uh, you know, Dollar Loan Center is, you know, the ultimate goal. If you get 6,000 p- people every night, you're doing something right. But uh, um, for just a short answer of that, I-, I would love to see another rink built and thus be the main mm-hmm. tenant and have 2,500 seats. Yeah, like a that smaller version the, of your leagues. Yeah, a smaller version yeah, of your exactly. leagues. Yeah. What are your yep, thoughts yep. about the the joint venture between the Coyotes and Arizona State? I think it's a tough situation. I, I love that, uh, you know, kind of rains on Powers Parade at ASU over there mm-hmm. just because it was their first, uh, you know, they were just going to get to move in. And uh, is there a not real season there and whatnot? But you get a team like the Coyotes that there's a whole bunch of, I don't know if you've ever seen like the contracts or stuff of it, but uh, the, the Coyotes are putting in a ton of money into that building, and they don't have to repay it back, and uh, or the mm-hmm. ASU doesn't have to repay them back, and it's just a weird situation. I think that uh, it's going to be a weird fan base. You, you could, um, <laughs> yes, for sure, <laughs> you know, have a price point ticket pretty high because you only have five thousand seats. The place will be packed every night, mm-hmm. so uh, it'll be a different feel. Because I've been to a few Coyotes games and. There was four or five thousand people in the stand. That's, so that's a, never fun. You know, but that was a great building. Unfortunately, just on the wrong side of the valley. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's the unfortunate part about it. You pick that up and put it downtown, it would be packed. Problem solved. Somebody wants to drive on a Wednesday night, forty-five minutes, and then drive back after the game. Mm-hmm. There's always a point where you have to. Uh, manage your team's confidence and obviously going into next next year you have to be one of the favorites if not the favorite uh to win uh, i mean how do you keep your team you know level-headed because certainly they're going to go into camp thinking hey we're going to be there again next year so i mean it's a it's a little bit different massaging the uh the, the success of the past uh, versus having in-season uh, in-season success where maybe your team gets a little bit high, but now you're getting high because you know you've been on the highest level, and now you you can say, okay, look, uh, we're expected to win now. Yeah, I think that instead of being uh, you know going to hunt for somebody, you know, they're chasing us, and that's a different feel than we've ever had before. But you know, we just had our weekly Zoom and. Um, First time ever that they've seen all the you know the ten new recruits that are in coming in, and uh, there's a, a Division One transfer, there's three D three transfers that all played high end juniors. So you know, uh, I think that competition that's going to help us in practice, letting them know that you know no matter if you were on the team last year, that uh, we're going to go through camp and I'm going to take the best 28 guys. So right now we have 32. So. As of right now, and so two, I'm not caring any more than that. And they know where they're at, so there's no off season. You know, they're putting in the work now, and they're doing their off season workouts, and um, just to have that mindset to go in, and we we're going to be, you know, the ones that people are chasing now. So it'll be a different feel, but again, it just comes down to what message that we put out there, and, uh, and if they buy in. And I feel like the group that we have and the culture we have here will. Uh, We'll be all right because I, I I truly believe like its culture has changed here for the best. Now we're talking to head coach of the UNLV Skate and Rebels, 
Anthony Vigneri Greener. And because of that Final Four appearance, have you noticed a difference in recruiting? Because I've always got got the feeling, even though you say, okay, well, now we're being chased. I always thought, you know, certainly watching all the home games, I always thought, to, hey, look, you know, UNLV's always been that type of team that people wanted to measure themselves against. I, I, and, and certainly even more now. But I don't, I, I thought for a long time you've always kind of been hunted because, you know, look, you, know, you got teams walking into, uh, walking into your arena seeing how great of a situation that you have. You're in a great city. I mean, has the, has the impact in recruiting been felt? And do you always, have you always thought you're kind of a, a, a team that other teams aspire to be? I think a mixture of both there for the recruiting aspect of it is uh, this year, I think for everybody in the league, the recruiting has been a lot easier because there's a lot of Division One transfers that were in the portal that were, you know, that are not happy at the place that they are in the Division One programs that they're in. And then there's a lot of D3 transfers from the portal that um, they just want like a big city feel and they want something different. Uh, you know, they don't, they don't want to ride on a bus everywhere you go or play in front of just a couple hundred people. They like the atmosphere here and the big city feel. And like you said, you just hit on it. The great city, pro sports here, you know, tons of stuff to do. Great weather. Um, so definitely helped us recruiting for us, for sure. Like I said, if yeah. you get a Division One transfer willing to, you know, wanting to come to your school, you guys are doing something right. So, uh, we've had a few do visits here, and we've committed one for sure. And there's a few others that are, uh, you know, are during our final choice. So that's good on that end of it. That's uh, we'd love to see that. You know, Anthony, one thing that doesn't get brought up much when we talk about your program is the university itself academically has really broadened its horizons over Absolutely. the decades. Yep. I mean, you've got a law school. You got a dental school. You got a medical school. You got a sports administration program. You got a hotel management school, which for decades has been among the top in the country. How much of that has been a good recruiting tool for you guys when you talk to players about coming to UNLV and the broad spectrum of opportunities that exist for them academically as, as far as pursuing a major? Yeah, that definitely helps, you know, the kids uh, in, in, interested in a specific uh, major, and it's not, you know, if it's not offered at other schools, we have a head, up, you know, head advantage just because, like, if it came to us in a small Division three school and they didn't offer it, he's for sure choosing us. You know, like, we had a couple of guys come in and that were transfers, and um, they were just blown away by how diverse the campus is, the campus is how big it was and uh, what we all offer here. Like, you know, like you said, you touched on the hospitality program. The law school's always been in the top 25. Now we have a medical school. We have a great dental program. So that definitely helps in uh, that aspect of recruiting. I mean, you know, I've been here since 1988, and, and the campus has changed just so dramatically, academically speaking. It, it just blows my mind how... UNLV was able to take these steps over the decades, and, and it continues to grow. You would know, even talk about Desert yeah. Research Institute for people who want to get into that sort of stuff. I mean, there's a lot going on at that campus that I don't think the public is aware of. 
Yeah, it's only going to get bigger too. That's yeah. the thing. It's just going to keep. It's going to keep growing. Um, soon you'll. I think there's 34,000 kids. Soon there'll be 40,000 kids, and you know it'll be like a yeah. campus like ASU or UCLA where there's 50,000 students. <laughs> Boy, you think parking is tough now? Yeah, exactly. well, yeah, Wait, wait all day. <laughs> all right, let's get to the let's get to the big news. I mean, we obviously want to push this thing forward, and you have done that. I mean, you started off by announcing that you would play Division One Alaska, and then uh, recently you've announced that Denver University will also be on your schedule. How did that come about? Uh, and you have to feel when when you see that officially announced, you have to feel. I have just pushed this program forward another step. Yeah, it was a, it's a, it was a long process, that's for sure. Um, we uh, we were in talks with DC, uh, uh, their head coach for a while, and um, you know how it uh, came about was they just reached out to us. They did it to Lindenwood as last year. Um, they picked one team that they think that. Uh, they want to grow the sport, and that was Lindenwood. And um, last year, Lindenwood put up a fight. They were very competitive against them. And, you know, obviously it didn't show it on the scoreboard, but you're going against Denver, who has five draft picks, you know. So, yeah. um, you know, nine to one for that is it's, that's a, it's a good, you know, it's competitive. And, you know, like I told you before, Dana, I, I worked really hard in the summers previous to this to try to get some games not a lot of teams would give us the time of day it was uh, no you know we don't want it to get out of hand or i don't think you're there yet or some coaches don't even turn your phone call you know but um denver is willing enough and uh you know their message to us was they want to grow the game out west they're out west as well they want to you know asu to have some competitors out here and uh they could see we made another step and they're going to give us that opportunity so oh, we're forever grateful. What's that? No, I was just going to say, which is why, you know, at the end of the season, it was great to have a team like Oregon come into City National to play. I mean, I've said it forever, talking to different coaches in the ACHA, ACHA that or, you need to, out west, you really are rooting for everybody to do well because the only way for UNLV to really grow into a, a where they want to be, and that means have a, a conference where you know traveling is not so taxing, you really need everybody out out west to grow their program. So you're kind of secretly rooting for everybody to do well. Yeah, and that's a big thing for the you know the coaches that I coach against. I'm in constant communication with them about. <clears throat> trying to help just like you know powers tries to help us and you know he's not even in this league anymore um but like you said is as long as everybody's doing their part going out there doing their job getting the right kids to make that jump um because uh you can mark my words within five or ten years you'll see you know 10 more schools in the west that have division one hockey um you know the big name schools will start to come around and see that uh, it's a profitable sport and uh, the amount of kids just in California, you know, th- that you can put on a team and make a team is unbelievable. You know, the, the hockey in California, in the same Arizona's right behind it, and now we're right behind Arizona. How many kids, you know, per capita are signing up and playing at a level where before, five years ago, before the Knights came, 
you know, there was 30 to 50 new kids a, a, a year, you know, signing up. Now there's 500 to 800 new kids a year signing up. So hockey's just following that trend. And, um, you know, within when these kids that are now eight, nine, you know, give it five or ten years with all the right coaching and the rinks and the amount of time spent and whatnot, um, you'll see more uh, Division One quality athletes coming out of Nevada. Yeah, last question, Coach. I mean, talk to us about the upcoming schedule. I mean, it's the middle of June already, and uh, what is it, a couple months before uh, before camp starts? Yeah, we have our kids coming in on August 6th, and then um, we have Coach Kenny McCutton of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah. He comes in and runs our skill uh, camp uh, the, what is it, um, August 30th, 31st, September 1st, and the 2nd. So he runs like a four-day camp. Um and uh, that's kind of, you know, some people call it conditioning camp, but our kids know it's not conditioning camp. It's a whole bunch of touches from a guy that's well-knowledge of the game, unbelievable drills and high tempo and something we like to start the week off. So he comes in and then we get right into it and the following week we'll play our Scarlet and Gray game and three weeks later we'll be at Denver. Hmm. So uh, he'll be here before you know it. <laughs> So yeah. Hey, we always appreciate you coming on. And, and, of course, anything we can do to push this, and we're going to definitely do that as we get closer to the season. We're going to talk about your upcoming games. We'll have you on a little bit more and see if we can do our part to push this forward. Absolutely. Perfect. I appreciate it. Thanks for all your guys' support. Of and, uh, thanks for having me on. Absolutely, Anthony. Good to hear from you again. Thanks. All right, there he goes, Anthony Vigneri-Greener. You bet. Head coach of the UNLV Skate and Rebels. <laughs> it's amazing where they have come I, from I remember, day one. I remember when they started this thing. Yeah. Okay, they were playing over at the Fiesta. Yeah, they played uh, They played over at Fiesta, and I remember going to practices even before when Rob uh, Coach Greener. Right, even before Greener got there. And yeah. it's yeah, – look, they were competitive back then they too. They were. Uh, they were one of the better teams in the West at that point. And he is certainly, I mean. Him and Nick have taken this thing way I don't beyond think, anything anyone could have dreamed of. I don't think people realize how big of a deal it is for a team like Denver, uh, a National school champion. like Denver, <laughs> to say, we think you're good enough to give our team, uh, give our team a game. Yes. That, that's, that's incredible. I think, I think it's, it just speaks to where this thing has gone to. And, and I believe if, if what Anthony said about Eric Harper is true, then maybe within the next few years we will see this program go varsity D1. And I think that would be an amazing thing for the city and for that campus community. Because if you've never been to a game, folks, you need to go out to City National next season. You have to. It is such a cool atmosphere. It's packed. The students are into it. The games are really, really good. And, and by the way, <clears throat> Dana calls the games, right? I was going to say, I mean, they're play-by-play announcer. You're, you're always a play-by-play guy. <laughs> not good. And <laughs> if you can't make it, you can listen to Dana. But they have a level of play that is really impressive. Okay, if you ever watch you know, Division One college hockey, um, this isn't that far below it. So... Uh, and the tickets are very reasonable, I believe, right? No, and you know that because, yeah. well, I could tell you they're not 40 bucks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know that because when when kids transfer from D3 schools, they don't dominate. 
Yeah. This is not a, you know, right. this is not a situation where D3, or we've had D1 kids come in. There, there's no domination. Yeah. Do you know who dominates? The kids that think they got overlooked. Right. That have something to prove. They, yep. they play with a chip on their shoulder. Uh, that they their, are, own, their own version of misfits. And keep in mind, I mean, everybody has to, for the most part, put in their their own money to play. You got to pay to this, play at this. Uh, yeah, there's this no stage, NIL so. at this level. No, no, I, there is legit not. that team though. I, I know yeah. a lot of the players on that team. They're all, yeah. they are gritty as gritty can be, and I love all of them. Like, no, it, they, it's, it's a, such it's, it's such a great atmosphere just is. to be in there. They're very great quickly players. before we call the day. Your thoughts on Tampa Bay taking the Rangers out last Saturday, Dana? Well, I, I think Tampa Bay, uh, uh, hey, look, they were down 2 nothing. They were down 2 nothing, and, and never again did I think that they were in trouble. We went on this show and, and said, even down 2-1, to one, that I thought Tampa was going to win. I think they will win this series against uh, Colorado as yeah. well. I, I, I just thought that the Rangers basically ran out of gas. Yeah. Physically and emotionally. There's no doubt about it. All right, that does it for for another great show today. Thank you, gentlemen, for Steve Carp, Chris Johnson. We also want to thank Case Kiefer, Chuck Esposito from Station Casinos, Craig Patrick from uh, the Three Ice Tournament, and, of course, of course Anthony Vigneri-Greener. And we'll join you again tomorrow, 10 a.m. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow. Someone roars, Bobby scores at the good old hockey game. good old hockey game second period where players dance with skates of flash the home team trails behind but they grab the puck and go bursting up and they're down across the line they storm the trees like bumblebees they travel like a burning flame we see them slide the puck inside it's a one-one hockey game oh the good old hockey game the best game you can name and the best game you can name is the good old hockey game take me where hockey players face off down the rink and the stanley cup is all filled up for the champs who win the drink now the final flick of the hockey stick and the one gigantic scream the buck is in the canadians win the good old hockey game the best game you can name and the best game you can name is the good old hockey game oh the good old hockey game is the best game you can name and the best game you can name is the good old hockey game oh the good old hockey game is the best game you can name and the best game you can name is the good